Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of Hope Chats. Uh, today, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about adoption and fostering and this topic of all for one. I'm with Jess Hurlbutt today. Jess, great to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Excited too. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I, when I was thinking about this ahead of time, I was like, this must be so slow for you because sometimes when you're talking about adoption, you're doing like American Ninja Warrior or you're running 110 miles. So thank you for sitting down for a conversation. <laughs> it's mainly the, my kids that keep me moving, not everything else. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I just like, it's just like very, very simple compared to some of the other athletic components with, with adoption. So I uh, thank you for taking the time. Um, I wanted to ask, just starting off right off the, the start, uh, maybe just share a little bit about your family. I'm sure probably a lot of people maybe are familiar with you already in the North country area, but What's your family look like? Uh, uh, and yeah, if you just want to share with us. Yeah, so um, not the most traditional looking family. Uh, I like to say we're crazy, but um, that's okay. <laughs> crazy is good, right? So Come I have on. five kids. Um, me and my husband are married uh, for 16 years. And wow. we have five kids. Yep. Um, two of them are adopted through foster care. Um, they're siblings. And they are both a one is six and one is seven. Sometimes I lose track of my kids' age, so... <laughs> That's what happens when you have too many. Um, and then, That's so good. And then my oldest biological son, he is, he's 12. And then I actually have two kids that are on the autism spectrum, um, both pretty severe. Um, okay. My daughter, my biological daughter, Mara, is 11. And then my son, Jacob, is 6 also. So, yeah. They're, wow. We're a crazy crew, but it keeps life interesting. Yeah, so you guys got a, it sounds like you got a great, fun family, uh, and then, just, that's not just it, though, I mean, that sounds like a lot just of greatness right there, but then also you and your husband, Greg, pastor together at New Testament in Messina, yep. so there's there's a lot of responsibility, I'm sure, there, and uh, so thank you for taking the time, but what got you into adopting? I don't know if I ever asked you this question, usually I hear about the, the reasons for adopting, but what got you personally into adopting, fostering? Well, I always joke that I think I, I've always wanted to adopt since I was a kid, and I always say I think maybe I saw a Hallmark movie. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, it was <laughs> when you were really, a kid? You ever since you were yeah, a kid? I make that joke. Uh, like, <laughs> it must have been one of those like Hallmark, you know, Oprah movies or something. But I don't know what it was. But ever since I was probably a young teen, I thought I want to adopt one day. Oh wow! Um, didn't know what that would look like. I thought maybe overseas, but you know, when you're young, you don't really know even how it works so um yeah it wasn't until you know and I had talked to when I got married me and Greg had talked about you know what kind you know starting a family and so I had thrown it out there you know when we were dating and that was kind of like an ultimatum like is he <laughs> right right <laughs> see what happens see what Greg says see what his face looks like uh, it took him a little bit coming around but now he's a big advocate too so um, <laughs> nice job yeah, so, and then kind of when the season was right hang on sorry my daughter is wanting my attention Oh, totally when, fine. When the season was kind of right for us was actually when I went from working full time in the church. Um, I used to work with the youth. Mm -hmm. um, and when my daughter was diagnosed with autism, my oldest, um, I went from full time to part time. And then it just got to the point where by the time she was like three and a half that she couldn't really do daycare or anything. She had a lot of behaviors and stuff. So I ended up staying home like, like a full time mom. And maybe six months into that, at first, it was just real hard, and I was kind of dealing with all these behaviors and mm. just feeling like I gave up ministry, you know, but wanting to put my family first and, you know, all those tensions. Yeah. But then I really just kind of the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart that 
you know, and that's one thing that he's teaching me over and over again is he's not limited. You know, like right. we always feel there's times in our lives, whether it's we're sick, you know, in body or we're caring for our children or we're caring for someone that's elderly or whatever it is, there's these limits we see on our life. But, you know, I always think about Paul when he was in prison. He wrote most of the New Testament. So the Holy Spirit is not limited. It's so the Come limits on. are real. There was a real <laughs> I was dealing with something with my daughter that was legit. Um, yeah. and it, you know, it, I couldn't do certain things. But what God wants to do through our lives isn't limited. So that's, you know, about six months later, I kind of got out of that slump that I was struggling with spiritually. And I just felt like God reminded me, like, remember you wanted to do this? Remember you wanted to foster and adopt? Yeah. You know, a lot of people were like, that doesn't seem like a good time, you know, with my daughter. But the (laughs) thing was, I was home full time. Yeah. You know, like, I felt like if I wanted to foster or adopt, I wanted to really bond with that child, right, you know, right. you bond when you have a baby and you take, whether you take time off or you raise them full time. So I just felt like it was a good time, you know, and she ended up going to the ABA program when she turned four, um, cause they do like kind of a lot of early intervention. Okay. So, you know, it, it worked out that I, you know, really get to spend about a year with her one-on-one and help work with her and then start the fostering process. And within a couple of years, we had, well, we had, within a couple of weeks, we didn't even finish our fostering course. <laughs> they called us for a new wow. one. Wow. Um, Is that normal? Sorry. That fast of a speed? Or, uh... Yeah. I okay. mean, not necessarily the newborn part. They always say, oh, you know, there aren't a lot of newborns. Although I know lots of families that are fostering and they have newborns. So, oh, okay. Um, but, <laughs> but the speed is pretty normal because the needs so. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, like. You know, they're just so desperate for more families, like as a county. That Could you speak to that? What's the need right now? Sorry yeah, to interrupt um, for the county. So You're just talking about that. So yeah. The last statistics, I, I probably, they're probably about six months old, but kind of okay. the ballpark for everybody is that um, there's basically, the last I knew, about 100 homes in the county that are foster homes. And the need is much greater than that. Most of these homes have several kids or more foster kids, not even like their own biological children. Um, And they're at their capacity. So the minute new families are certified, they're kind of like, ah, you know, help us kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, Which can feel a little bit overwhelming too, because you're kind of, you know, for us, we were like, okay, we think we want to do this. You do like 10 weeks of classes and then you're like, wait, wait, already, you know? Um, but I just encourage people too, because one thing that you got to learn to do if you ever foster, um, at all is learn to also say no, which is Mm. hard if you have a big heart, but you know, there are many calls that we said no to, um, Mm. they'll call for almost any need. You might say, I only want a, you know, one or two year old. And then they call you for a 12 year old and you're like, Oh my goodness, what do I do with this? But, um, the truth is that, uh, they're used to hearing no and it's, they want you to make the decision what's best for your family yeah. and you don't have to feel bad about that. I always thought, Oh my gosh, if I say no, they're never going to call me again. <laughs> right. Be like, okay. that, that girl over there, you know, or that family, they say they want to foster, but they won't take any <laughs> of these kids. The, the need is so great that that's never a concern. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And they're always looking, you know, we work with the children's home of Jefferson County. Okay. Um, so they're a nonprofit here in St. Lawrence County. I said Jefferson, but they were originally from Jefferson County, but so there's children's home here. And um, originally that was their name. Gotcha. Um, I think they're called Fostering Futures now, actually, now that I think about it, because they had like a name change. 
Um, but there's also the Department of Social Services. So they're also a great contact um, through St. Lawrence County and you can work directly through them. Um, so there's two different organizations, basically, if anybody's interested in fostering or adopting. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for sharing that. And yeah. uh, I know, I think maybe one of the videos, maybe it was American Ninja video, you had like a, I don't know, some cool intro video. Or maybe you told me this in person, but there was a season where you had three children, was it under the year, one years old? Yes, yes, yes. Right. So that was when we got our newborn. I kind of was telling you that we had got the newborn. Okay. I got a call, and uh, it was a week or two after we had went to the hospital and picked up this newborn to foster. Emma, hang on. You have five minutes, okay? Um, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Um, which that was kind of a surprise. And then um, right before when I was due, the our foster child was still getting visits amazing no thanks for thanks for sharing that there's a phrase that well it's actually entitled this podcast title so I, i'm excited for you to unpack it because i don't even know 
what the title means yet, but uh, it's all for one. He says a phrase you use a lot, and I think you've used it for running and other. Can you yeah. explain that? Yeah, so, I mean, originally, that was my email back when I was a teenager. Okay, that's not what I thought you were going to say, so. <laughs> uh, but there's more to it now. For me, originally, the phrase for me that's was funny. like, that was not the answer I was expecting. No, what, no, it wasn't. I'm like, yep. <laughs> when I was a teen, though, for me, it was kind of that whole thing, you know, like Paul says, you know, that everything else is considered rubbish, mm. you know, except knowing Christ. Yeah. And so that's kind of where the email originally came from. Like, I want to spend my life on whatever he has for me, you know, for the cause of Jesus and whatever he puts in front of me. Um, and then over time, you know, as I, I think it started maybe with Ninja Warrior, you kind of have, there's certain things they require of you, like you have to create, oh, actually I have one. You have to create t-shirts. Oh, this was for the adoption run, but we did something similar with Ninja Warrior. Oh, cool. T-shirts, um, just the quote on the back of that, kind of where the all for one yeah. comes from. It says, I am only one, but still I'm one. I can't do everything, but still I can do something. And just because I can't do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Mm. So it's a little bit confusing, but that whole idea of like, sometimes when a need is so big, you say, yeah. I can't do that. So then you just don't do anything. Right. But the point is, I can do something and I won't let the overwhelmingness of it stop me from what I'm called to do so that's kind of where that idea came from but then the idea too of all for one as far as the adoption run came into play um all for one child right you know yeah. like the you know the cost can be great sometimes but willing to pay it all even just for the one like that makes all the difference in the world for them you know yeah so, in a minute even, yeah, even the kids want to be part of it. It's worked over time, yeah. but it's always kind of remained the same because even though it's, you know, adoption, it's all for one child. It's, sure. It's all for, the, you know, for Jesus, too, because he says, you know, to take care of the orphans and the widows, that's true religion. And, yes. Um, you know, and at one point, even, even with the whole adoption run, when I was running once, I was kind of just overwhelmed by the need in the county and overwhelmed by the need in the United States. And I was kind of complaining to God because we had already adopted our two. And I felt like I was drowning in some sense, like in over my head. Like, I can't parent any more children. I, you know, like I'm doing what yeah. I can. But I really felt like he said to me, if you take care of my kids, meaning the orphans, I'll take care of yours. Mm. And, um, you know, and I don't think wow. that's just something. I believe he said it to me very personally. It was very personal. But yeah. I don't think, I think it is um, overarching, too. I think it's true. I mean, you see it in the Bible. Like, that's what the early church was known for, taking care of widows and the orphans. Like, that's what distinguished them before they had buildings or, you know, when they were persecuted. Like, even during, you know, a lot of the unrest and the different things that was happening even in the Roman Empire. Like, that's what they were known for. Yeah. Um. So, I think it's a message to all of us, you know. And like I said before, we might not all be able to, you know, take children into our home, but but don't let that not be disqualify you from still doing something. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And I, I love that a pure religion or clear religion, you know, cause sometimes you're like, what can I do with my life as a Christ follower? And it's like a very, you know, very, very straightforward, maybe not simple to do, but definitely simple to understand. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like, Oh wow. Care for widows, care for orphans. Who would have thought? <laughs> And that's a lot. That's a lot with God, right? It's not always the easiest to do. No, but he's 
clear a lot, you know? Yeah. We want some magic thing over here that he's going to tell us to do, <laughs> right. you know? Like, what's the will of God? He's like, uh, I don't know. I wrote a whole book. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. There? Exactly. Yeah, it's very clear to structure. Well, speaking of books and other, I was going to jump into our resources. Are there resources you would recommend for people to check out, read, go to that could be helpful in case someone's feeling like I want to learn just a little bit more about fostering or maybe someone's like, wow, the Lord's really speaking to me. I, I think maybe I should really consider adopting or yeah. something right now. What would you recommend for resources? Yeah, so um, as far as the national website, which I kind of have really promoted a lot, it's just adoptuskids.org. And I think Jim's going to put these links um, with this. Yes, um, it should be in the description. Yeah, um, yeah, in the description. AdoptUSKids.org, that is the national photo listing of all kids, not all kids in foster care. So there's like a half a million kids in foster care. Okay. But these are the kids that are in care but are free to be adopted. So there's a difference. And sometimes people get confused with that. So there's half a million kids in foster care, but there's about 123,000. The number is always off by a year because I give you statistics from the year before. Okay. But there's about 123,000 kids in the U.S. who are free to be adopted. Wow. But I say this, I say this, it's totally not a political statement, but, but in a sense, no one wants. Um, and that sounds horrible, but what I kind of mean is, they're not easy situations. So whether okay. it's a sibling group of five, they might be wonderful kids, but nobody's ready to take on a sibling group of five. Or it could be, you know, uh, behavioral issues. Or it could be a child with a physical limitation. Or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. um, Down syndrome. or So a lot of special needs kids, um, a lot of sibling groups. And so those kids, adoptuskids.org, you can see the whole national uh, photo listing. And then ocfs.newyork.gov is the New York State um, listing of child that are free to be adopted, just particularly in New York State. Okay. But you can adopt in any state. A lot of people think, well, I can't adopt anywhere outside of New York if I live in New York or whatever state you live in. That's not true. Oh. Um, once okay. you take the foster care classes, you can actually go on adoptuskids.org and look and see if there's any you know child or children that might fit your family and then you end up i think it's an email or something um your caseworker ends up sending your home study and your information to that caseworker um wherever they may be and okay. they kind of see if it would be a good fit um so yeah it's kind of a long process but those are the two um you know websites um i also have a blog that's kind of a little bit of everything but a lot about my family and my life and about adoption and, and autism. Um, and that's autism adoption and a daily dose of humble pie. That's um, awesome. That's Love awesome. the title. Love the title. <laughs> uh, it's true. I mean, humble even pie. before we were trying to record this, my daughter was in the background, you know, having a tantrum. So, I mean, it's all good. It it's real. Humble. It's real. It's real life. Sometimes. I like it. Yeah. Go to Walmart sometime and see me there and you'll see me being like, oh, I love your posture, I though. That's such kids, a good perspective. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, I have that blog. That's on Facebook. Um, AA Humble Pie. Oh, I don't know if it's up. I don't know how. You can just search for adoption or under just a girl, or just a, a yeah. Girl. It's in a description as well. Okay. So the it has the Facebook link in there. Yeah, I just yeah. made it easy because yeah, it can be kind of yeah. tricky sometimes to get them all in there. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the resources that you know. 
Yeah. And your blog is fantastic. So I know I was just telling you this, but I was just, I haven't, I'll, I'll say I haven't read every single post, but I have read some. I did read your last one about the underground protest, um, yeah. which was so cool. I was like, this is so good. Do you mind if I just read part of it? Are you okay? If I read oh, part- yeah, I'm good. She's okay. No, are you okay if I, oh, sorry, if I read part of your blog post? Right. Yeah. You okay if I read some of it? Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, sweet. So just one part I just love, it was right towards the end, it says, what if we as a nation rise up and start an underground protest? Will you join me? Rather than sharing a Black Lives Matter post on Instagram, show me how they matter with your life. And then I love this. You're like, I dare you to go to adoptuskids.org. Look at the thousands of kids who need a, need a forever home, a third of which are minorities. Plant a seed of love and adopt. And then you go on saying, rather than fighting racism with a cardboard sign, show me how you fight racism with your life. Build bridges of love. Rather than arguing with others who don't see the world your way, show me how you can love uh, the enemies in your life, plant a seed of unity, and watch it grow. I just thought the way you worded that was gold. Um, yeah, how, how did you get to this? Like for this one black post, like we're just. Um, well, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot. I mean, yeah. We're pastors, right? So there's, you know, there's been a lot of conversations. You know, where does the church stand on all this? Where do we personally stand? I've had a lot of good conversations and, you know, just dinners and talks with friends that are, you know, struggling with a lot yeah. of this. And, you know, it, the thing that I, I noticed too, you know, and I think it's it's our, our human nature is like, it's, it's very much like, you pick this side or you pick this side. Mm. There's no middle ground. There's no in between. You can't differ. You know, you can say one thing and then we're going to pin you over here. You say right. this, you pin you over there. And it's, and then, then there's just being quiet because, you know, especially as a church, you're like, I don't want to be pinned to this side or I don't want people to think this about me. So it's very hard. Like, I don't think the church should ever be quiet, but then I understand sometimes when people step back from these issues because of just the controversy and how people try to pin, you know, um, and make assumptions, right. but you know, I just felt like having my own children who are, um, both mulatto, they both are half African American, um, you know, that we adopted, like, I mean, I can't be more pro black lives, Come on. but at the same time, you know, like I said, this polarization that's going on, um, it's just so hard to even really convey what you're feeling. And I just, I guess I just felt like we've got we've got it all wrong like i can say words but words have no meaning if i'm not backing it up with action right and that's what i feel like in general no matter what we're standing for or protesting whatever it is um it doesn't mean anything if we don't back it up with our lives yeah and then that's what people are really looking for they're not just looking for a really good blog post or a really good protest or a really good speech they're looking for somebody that's living something different Right. They're, they're living what they're saying that they espouse to, what they believe in. So that's kind of where it came from. I really wanted to have a say, but I really wanted it to be quite different than what you see in the media and that stuff. And just really challenge people, no matter where you stand, don't just use words. Act. Live. Live. Right. You know, and as Christians, live you know, the gospel, don't just say you believe these things, but not actually have any fruit in your life, you know, so. Yeah, well, that's, that's fantastic, so that's just a part of that blog post, you can check it out in the description, so I just, I just thought it was great, put it on my own Facebook page, it was like, way to go, Jess, uh, and, um, and I love how you, yeah, you hit on different issues, but then you're also hitting on the, obviously, the issue we're talking about now, adoption, 
Um, anything else you want to say before we're wrapping up? You covered a lot. It's been really helpful. Um, I don't think so. I'm, I'm just excited to just kind of continue to get the word out. That's what I feel that we're called to do now, you know, that we've adopted and our family's kind of full. Um, so I just really appreciate any chance to kind of reach more people um, with the need. So Yeah. Um, awesome. And are you also, maybe I might be confused on this. Are you also writing a book as well? I am writing a book. Well, I am and I am. <laughs> you are? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's kind of in this weird stage where I've met with publishers. I was supposed to go to a writing conference and then COVID happened. Mm, so it's yeah. a virtual conference. But part of a lot of writing conferences is that you get to uh, meet with either a literary agent or a publisher. So I've kind of been working for the last six months. You'll break for the last six months on a um. Uh, a book proposal, and uh, okay. I didn't. I've I've never really written a book before, so I kind of didn't know what I was doing. And I thought uh, the publishers are going to tell me what I need to. You know, they're going to critique my work, and that's the end of it. But the publishers loved it, and so I'm kind of in the middle of this. I don't have a contract yet, so it's nothing official. But okay, um, trying to hire an, a literary agent now, and in the middle of um, kind of signing things and that stuff and it, wow. it takes about two years i guess publishing is very slow sounds like from the time you sign a contract to the time it's on a shelf you know at walmart it's yeah. two years so, oh wow um so but i'm not in a rush i guess and is that <laughs> i'm a, a lot to write i'm assuming is that also is that going to be adoption or what's the focus of the book or is it something completely different um, it's no, it's actually is a big part of it is about adoption, but it's really about like the gist of it. I want to call it essential worker. I don't know if they'll let me keep the title, but okay. um, the whole idea is um, playing on the COVID pandemic, like the need for essential workers yeah. um, as Christians. And um, that whole idea of just that, um, uh, that the best way to be an essential worker for the kingdom of God is through having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to direct your steps.